Hello and welcome to season two of Let Creativity. This is your host, Alicia K. Hurst. And new season and new intro music. I hope you like it. For today's episode, our guest is Ava, and she is a competitive pole dancer. I am absolutely thrilled to have her as a guest because she gives a lot of amazing information about pole dancing, the art of it, the sport of it, and um, she also has a beautiful video that we do discuss, and I really encourage you to look at that video before listening to this podcast or right after the podcast. Um, or if you don't do any of that, to at least look at it at some point in your life because it is absolutely gorgeous. And the, that link is in the description box for this episode. Please do not miss that link. Click on it. Uh, all right. Without further ado, Ava. Ava, um, welcome to the show. Welcome to Light Creativity Podcast. I'm very excited to, to have you here and for our audience to hear about um, your story and professional pole dancing today. Thank you. I'm more of a competitive pole dancer, by the way. Oh. I do. I have my nine to five career job and then pole dancing is just a hobby I do on the side. I see. Okay. Uh, competitive. Uh, so I love Yes, thank you. Um, so I like to start at the beginning. How is creativity or expression viewed or handled in your household as a child? I'd say that my, like my my brother and I, we just kind of run amok with a bunch of creative expressions, and we, we and our parents just really let us try different things and. This also means that we're kind of just throwing, I would put the analogy to throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and then just whatever sticks, sticks with you. So (laughs) we, I mean, dancing was one that stuck with me for, for some years now. And then, but I mean, we've tried, I, I did like, we, we took some painting class, maybe some, um, like a lot of cutting of construction paper Uh like making art out of that and um, my brother did like like you hear in the household growing up like he did piano violin viola he got into advanced choir in high school and then for myself I tried guitar for five months and then there was like the flute at one point and the dancing kind of got in there around 15 years old Mm -hmm. um if we're thinking child child I mean it it was like kind of like whatever we can get our hands on oh that's great dolls I think that's like we create uh, exercising your creativity too just Uh creating up storylines with our Barbie dolls and Ken dolls and um I did like this basket weaving thing at one point. Um, I glued this cardboard house together and made my own like dishes and plates and 
oatmeal packets and forks and created oh, wow. <laughs> a TV that folded down to a table, um, bookshelves, like we just had a whole bunch of type of creativity out there. And so even, it sounds like you were very, very supported. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah great. We definitely were. My, my parents definitely, I am so thankful that this is what they never stopped us from being creative. They only like helped us with it. And actually I remember too now, um, my first like um, arts performance was like within improv and acting. So they drove me to acting classes that were like an hour away in the middle of a Sunday. Oh, nice. So just a whole bunch of great outlets that we did. And then you said you got into dancing around age 15. Was that just on your own accord? Did you hear about it from other people or how did that happen? I wanted to get into dancing sooner, but I just, I didn't, I didn't try hard enough in, in researching it um, because my first dance class was in high school where you have to take a, a PE. So then you can pick like volleyball, basketball. And I, I went with dancing. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my first like, like formal training or try at it. Um, but I did see on shows and stuff and I was like, oh, I want to dance, but I just, I didn't even like research anything about it to, to take the dance classes outside of school. I'd rather, I just like waited until I got to school to do it. <laughs> yeah. How, so did you, what, I mean, did you feel like that was a good first experience or how was that first experience at 15 dancing with school? I felt so awkward. Like yeah. I didn't know how to move my body. <laughs> I was a very like already not body aware I didn't have like high body awareness Mm -hmm. and um with dancing you it's like you know where your wrist is going and how your body moves when if you were to do like a pirouette and you know like where everything is how to spot spot yourself in the mirror and then me I just like I'm already as clumsy as is and then on top of that, I have to be very conscious of like where every part of my body is. I was just so awkward. And yeah, I mean, have you tried dancing? It's, I feel like it's kind of difficult, at least to me. No, yes, I haven't tried dancing outside of my room. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Yep. And now I'm back at it. Like, like not like I don't dance outside my room because quarantine. So oh, right. it's like throwing it back to how it was. <laughs> how it is now so it's kind of funny but I love that you brought up the body awareness thing um and how as a teenager and of course I'm going to ask uh, you know how what happened after you're a teenager but I think that's such a good point because as teenagers like we're just getting to know our bodies and mm-hmm. exploring our bodies and of course we're going to feel awkward and um I bet dancing is a great way to help you understand your body in a way when you're growing up. Yeah. If applied in such a way. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I'm still just as clumsy as I was back in middle school and high school. So nothing has changed there. It's just like during the routine or during a performance, I'm like, okay, like hips high, head down, like relax your neck, like grip tight grip the pole tight and I'm just like very aware Mm. for the three minutes on stage and then after or like during a training but after that I'm still tripping up the stairs I'm still like (laughs) 
wearing like maybe slippers that's a little bit bigger than my size like right now and then I trip over that oh (laughs) nothing's some things just don't change right right. (laughs) so what happened after you took dance classes in high school or middle school whenever whatever it was so 15 so then that's that's high school after that I just took um I took tai chi in college Mm -hmm. and I took a few dance classes in college. It was like nothing was retained though in in my eyes. Maybe there was some growth, but I don't think I remember how to do like a, a proper, uh, I don't know, some jazz move because it was like a jazz class. Um, and then I was on the college salsa dance team for one semester, mm-hmm. I think there it it was so hard for me (laughs) to retain the choreography oh even if it was just like a three or four minute dance it was really difficult for me and um yeah in high school and college I I didn't feel comfortable with my body yet so then that's when I was like oh my god dancing's really hard but I enjoy it yeah that's the interesting part right there's like this I was just gonna say like you kept with it for some reason like something kept pushing you to to continue with the dancing part I think partly is like I like self of course there's I think there's just like so many different forms of self-expression but I like the one where um like if there was a, a creative writing or you you painted a painting then I don't get to see the spectator's reaction live, but with mm-hmm. dancing, I can, if, if it's a performance or a competition, then I can hear them like, oh, when it's like a sweet part of the song, or I can hear them like shout or be like, oh, you like, like you queen, like get it girl. And then, <laughs> cause that means like, I'm also, I, I put that energy out there and they see it live. I hear them live and Uh, so it's very interactive yeah yeah and I just I like that part so then I guess and that was why I also keep dancing and because I like how it it tends to more like maybe more of a body language and then my own facial expressions to connect with my spectators or Mm -hmm. the audience so it it also is like a good form of exercise but not just like as a fitness thing but I feel good after Mm -hmm. training or learning a choreography so so do you think the expression part has something to do with that like letting these emotions come out or accessing emotions while you're also exercising yeah because I I mean I would define dancing as putting emotions into body movement Mm -hmm. so it connects me more with like my physical self, my emotional self together into a, a, a dance. It, it just more, it's more fun to me that way. It's therapeutic at times. Right, I'd imagine. No, that's wonderful. Uh, I was just thinking as, uh, as I was prepping for the interview, I was like, you know what? When I was, when you look out in the world and you watch people move mm-hmm. just in everyday life, 
if those movements were made into a painting, it would probably be a very boring painting because not a lot of people use their bodies to express themselves just in everyday life. Very, you know, it's, it's so routine. Like I'm going to walk from here to here <laughs> or, you know, no, but not a lot of people are skipping to the store or like zigzagging or just, you know, being very like genuine with their body movements. I know for myself, if I'm like listening to a certain song and I'm walking down the street and I know there's people around me, I'm less likely to like move how I really want to move to that song because mm -hmm. I know there's like, I have to go past that barrier within myself just to like, feel like, it's okay, Alicia, just no one's going to, you know, <laughs> move. Yeah. It's a very like dance, like no one's watching, but at the same time, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to look like a crazy person at Target <laughs> with my headphones and, like, just moving and grooving, dancing in my rhythm, uh, dancing to the beat of my own drum while everyone's just trying to grab, like, milk and cheese. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, live your truth. I think, it, I mean, if it makes you happy, it's not, I mean, actually, it might even make other people happy, too. Right? See, like <laughs> we're all just, like, uh, empathetic creatures so if we see someone stabbing right like oh like oh why are they sad like or at least I'm like that and then if you see someone skipping down the road all happy then I'm like oh my god you know what life is like I've got fresh air in front of me and like <laughs> clean water to drink and I'm gonna walk home now and and make some some pumpkin curry and <laughs> so then so like so then yeah maybe it's just sometimes mirror uh the thing the things that we see around us so yeah you might actually influence other people to skip down the road too <laughs> like it i well i feel like it gives them permission as well it's like it's okay to not it's okay to to not just walk in a straight line yeah in life <laughs> yeah so I, love, so I love that you're bringing this to the like this whole topic of food body movement and expression to the um uh, as a topic to discuss because mm -hmm. I'm wondering how conscious people actually are of their body movements. Oh, I know I'm not. I was just <laughs> tripping earlier actually because I was trying to rush over to to log into the the podcast right now. So uh -huh. <laughs> I just like on my head. I just like was running up the stairs and then like whoa <laughs> like, slammed down like I'm okay. <laughs> so yeah no matter how many dance classes some of us take, some things just don't change. <laughs> and getting back to that, because I know you started off saying you're a competitive pole dancer because you have a full-time job. So does that mean, did you take some time off of dancing after college or how did that go after college? Oh, after college, I, I landed my first job in, in, uh, software sales and that's still the role I'm doing today. I never took any time off to pursue dancing. I just do that on the weekends or after my oh. nine to five. And actually it's, it's really good because then uh, the stress from the day, I, I come, to, come to my dance class or a dance session with my coach. Then I'm like, oh, just, just leave it all behind. Like dance out the stress. You're gonna, your body's gonna be sweating after this. So I just, actually put maybe even like use that stress to put more emphasis on like I need relief mm -hmm. so 
it may even like it, it kind of I just put that energy into movement oh that's beautiful I I love that you stuck with, so it's like you never really left dancing at all it, it stayed with you throughout your life no matter like um where you were whether it was school or or having a full-time job you still connected yeah with it. yeah because so, it's like a hobby and um definitely a hobby that allows me my creative outlet fun I enjoy it and then meanwhile I'm also building up my other hobbies so that but then dance is the one that just stuck with me the longest oh very cool oh. So where did yeah. pole dancing, how did that come, how did, how are you introduced to the pole dancing? So how I got into pole dancing was actually my mom suggested I, I try out aerial silks, which is um, just two like fabrics hanging down from the ceiling. And then like a, like a cat, you kind of play on it. I was doing that for a month when um, it was at, at, this one dance studio, which is right next door to a pole dance studio, like oh, yeah. literally just one door over, you can just open the door and then you walk in. Cause it's, they're like sister studios of each other mm -hmm. under the same owner. And there was this, um, I mean, I've always kind of like peered over to that side, but then I was like, Oh, I, I feel like I'm kind of an awkward, <laughs> lanky creature. So I'm not sure if pole dancing is really like my thing, mm -hmm. but then there was a student showcase where, I mean, they, they had the aerial and pole performances. And then um, I was in awe of, of both, but then I really want to uh, perform in some sort of dance. And the first competition that was coming up was on the pole side. So then I took, my first pole dance class that weekend and three and a half months later I performed at my first pole competition oh wow yeah how did that feel that was a ride because <laughs> it's like I already felt so awkward on the pole from my first few pole dance classes and I didn't know how my body would move and my I just thought of myself as this awkward creature trying to climb this metal stick. <laughs> then after a lot of training and practices, I'm just getting like slowly getting things right. And mm -hmm. eventually I'm like, okay, okay. All right. The, the competition is now three months away, but I think, I think you can really get this. I think you can. And at that competition, I got second place at my first pole dance competition. Amazing. And I was really proud of myself after that. So uh, that's awesome. It was and a the, ride though. I, I kind of wish that people could see you because throughout the interview, like you're moving, you're, you're showing like the movements, you, you know, it's, it, you're kind of moving in a curvy way <laughs> at times. <laughs> Because I'm like makes... imagining it too. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering, does pole, does the the training for pole dancing does that add movements to your like training or your dance toolbox? I guess you mean as I develop tricks into my toolbox mm -hmm. or movements. Let, let's say, can you take the pole dancing movements and put them in like other types of dancing? Like, can oh. you use the, 
the movements. Yes, because you there is like the transferable skills like agility, balance, a lot of other dances, type of dances need strength mm -hmm. and uh, flexibility. So yeah, I'd say so. And then I, I also had uh, some just even picking up choreography quickly, quickly, then a, that a little bit of my dance background in high school and college, then that, that helps some too. Right. Yeah. So I'd say, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it are transferable or even outside of dance. I'm sure if like, if someone was actually, yeah, there was this one girl who was a figure skater, competitive figure skater for five years. And then when she got into the lira, which is a air, just imagine like a hula hoop suspended from the ceiling, uh -huh. um, then she was able to spin really fast without uh -huh. getting dizzy because from ice skating, she's already like spun super fast there. So then she's able to do that it makes on the sense. Aerial hoop, yeah. Very cool. And in the uh, video that you that I watched right before this interview, and that I'll definitely have the link for people to look at it because it's gorgeous. You did oh. some of that spinning. Um, it's uh, to me, it looked quite quick. <laughs> I don't know if it's quick or considered mm -hmm. quick in, in pole dancing world, but how how do you help yourself not get dizzy during that? Ginger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you you know I you know I don't even know about these home remedies until just as I talk to other pole dancers or pole dance coaches I mean the first how the brain works when it's spinning super fast so then when, once I'm done with it I'm like oh my god I feel like I've been sitting in an office chair and someone like spun me really fast and now I get up it's <laughs> actually that's quite dangerous too so then I I'm like, wow, I need to start slow, um, ginger tea, and then I just build up from there. And then also another home remedy would just be to, because the whole liquids is imbalanced in your ears. And so just like ducking your head down and snapping it back up, like a, like a bend and snap, it oh. apparently just like calms down the storm and in the waves in your ears interesting okay um, yeah little little remedies here and there i was i was thinking you're gonna say just practice you just get used to it but oh that <laughs> too that too oh, okay. just so combined just like... all together add it all to the equation and then it'll equal out to less dizziness uh yeah. so as you are learning more and more and, and being more um uh what do i want to say as you get more into this competitive pole dancing, is there anything that you've come across that you want to educate people on about pole dancing that people seem to have misconceptions about? This is such a good question because there's so many things that I wish I, okay, let me back up. So when I post a pole video, I usually half of the feedback is from girls saying like, oh my God, you're amazing. This other half is, and, and this is the part where my heart really goes out to is like, oh, I wish I can, I can do that, but I can't because of, I don't have the right body type. Oh, um, it actually is 
for only a certain gender. I, it's not like I'm physically fit enough. I oh. don't have um, the right this or that, or I'm not a gracious person. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like if you can only see me at my first pole dancing class, I couldn't even do, I mean, even just right before that, I couldn't do one setup, one pull up, one push up. And I was really awkward in my first class because I didn't know how this dynamic worked with my physical body and then this physical pole. Uh, I had this idea in my mind, but it did not look that way in the mirror. And it's just, at some point, it's just practice. Like you just, you're just practicing. And if, if these people or, or anyone could just attend a pole dancing competition, you'd see, I mean, I saw like before my eyes, like is a 60 year old woman do the splits upside down. Wow. And I'm like, this is, this is like absolutely well, beautiful, but then also like super amazing right. and, and empowering. And then I see men just like flipping sideways off the pole and like <laughs> doing backflips from the pole and then down to the floor. Oh and my gosh. People of all different ages, uh, like, cause I mean, I've, yeah, of, of all different shapes and sizes are competing and winning or getting second and third place or just you just see them enjoying themselves on the stage and like the the crowd is really supportive of it you can see it from you can hear it from all the people going like yes queen like you're doing an awesome job you hear it um so yeah that's that's what I would say is is the biggest misconception is like you don't have to be of a certain age or body type or gender or physical strength to take even your first pole dancing class just the desire to try it out yeah <laughs> that's all you need. yeah that's that's the thing that we've got in common is just just having the interest lovely you know? thank you i i love that message because i hear that i hear that resistance um in so many different aspects of of life in regards to creativity in particular whether it's painting whether it's music, um, dancing, uh, and I've, I've experienced it myself, you know, like, oh, I can't do that, or that, you know, that's not for me, but how do you know until you actually try it? Right. I did want to bring up that you mentioned guys, and I'm glad you, that you did mention that guys also pole dance, because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure there are men that, you know, that have that desire, or curiosity, or, or then they, they dismiss it because they think it's not for them, or they'll get made fun of, or whatever they think. Mm -hmm. um, like it's too girly, or something like that. Yeah, but the way you described it, flipping off the pole and doing all these tricks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. I, I think it's, yeah, like something that you might see like off of a viral YouTube video, but this is something you see right before your eyes live. And you can like hear them breathing even like this is how close you can get to a, a stunt like that or an art performance like that. So yeah, I, I mean, and I think if my research is right then it pole dancing started from the chinese acrobatics 
pole. Oh. And then it went to the strip clubs. And then here we are like competing in all types of artistic expressions from it. So, I mean, it started from dudes. Like <laughs> if people think it's too girly, it's like, well, it actually started from some Chinese men. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. Yes, bring the history back <laughs> yeah. into it. Um, and I would, I actually, now I'm curious, how did it get from acrobatics to like, wh- who put the idea that it should be in strip clubs? Like, when did that oh. transition happen? You know? <laughs> the, the, and now it might be in the Olympics. Like the, the world is always progressing. Yeah. I, but from what you, I mean, how you describe it, it makes a lot of sense that it could be in the Olympics or should be in the Olympics from the amount of training and the, and just the strength that's involved Uh and the different types of tricks that you can do. Uh Um, and figure skating's an Olympic sport. I mean, Uh and you already said, you know, a figure skater was using similar types of movements in pole dancing. Mm-hmm. Well, for her, for that one person, it was uh, she was doing aerial hoop. But yeah, I would say like oh right, the right. amount of the amount of like getting used to getting your brain used to spinning fast or going upside down. It it takes a while to get used to. Um, it just takes practice from there. So then that's transferable skills from other other sports like figure skating that can go into pole dancing. Right. But the fact that you're using those types of things with pole dancing, I think says a lot about the, um, then I keep wanting to say intensity, but the difficulty Mm, of the moves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say so. Like if I'm spinning upside down and fast, (laughs) right. (laughs) My mind is just like a whole in a whole whirlwind. (laughs) <laughs> and you're interacting with the audience and you're paying attention to your own moves and where your body is in relation to the pole and like I mean yeah. that's a, there's a lot going on there there's a lot going on <laughs> and the, all the audience get like they're like yes like great job girl and then in the meanwhile I'm over here like just trying to <laughs> just trying to perform and gracefully at that I mean the well, at least the, the in the video that uh that will be linked you're so graceful and the emotions coming through i mean yes put it in the olympics please (laughs) Uh, i will be i'll definitely turn that segment on yes (laughs) yeah um did you want to say anything else about the the video that will be linked um because i know you mentioned black lives matter in it and that was Mm -hmm. an inspiration for you yes um but yeah this routine is dedicated to black lives matter because during i mean i i had this idea uh for this routine back when i was just feeling like a bunch of sadness from watching all the all these recent events and things that really should not be happening right now but but is I'm like man like this is just like the world that we really live in now and I'm I just don't it's a little bit like helpless I all I can do is really like 
call the offices, make donations, sign petitions, but it just didn't feel like enough. And I was just like, I just need to express the sadness too, because this is really what I honestly feel. And when I, um, this song, it's, it's sung by my friend and there's lyrics in it that was so powerful. Like, um, oh Lord, I pray um, we'll never get to heaven until we reach that day. And I'm like, oh yeah, like this, this is like, there's like kids and like people of all different colored skin who should just be treated equally. Like this is just a basic human right to me. This shouldn't even be like a question. So um, yeah, I created this routine in one, like a therapeutic session for me and two, just so that other people too know where I stand, that I stand with Black Lives Matter. And when I posted this, I also had uh, matching donations for up to $1,000 for any donations given to that standing against racial injustice. Um, and yeah, we hit, we hit our mark. So great, yay. great for us. Um, but I mean, this is still always like, that's just one baby step. Like we're still just, just trying to progress in the right direction here. So yeah, I created this routine out of a lot of sadness, a lot of uh, recent events. But um, yeah, that, that's how this routine is dedicated to Black Lives Matter. And I think it's a beautiful example too of how you can take something that is not only therapeutic for yourself, but also like it's, um, I mean, you did so much with, with one pole dance, right? You, you, you're connecting with a topic that is super important right now. Your help, you're not only connecting with it, you're expressing it yourself. You're allowing yourself to express your own feelings through it. And then you're also helping others with, um, by raising money for the cause. I mean, that's powerful. I know you said baby steps, but that's a powerful baby step. Oh, we got so many ways to go, but I just glad that, um, yeah, thanks, thanks for saying that. Um, I hope that maybe like even with all the news, like it kind of like up, not like it kind of like uplifts a little bit, like, like see, like there's a bunch of us taking action. Um, and it's not just like, like we're speaking out for like others too. Um, we're not just like each looking out for ourselves. So I hope, I hope people can see that. Like, um, like there's like the video of, there was a bunch of like white people linked together at one of the protests and they were standing in front. It's like oh, right. my, one of my friends felt so like, oh, like, see, like this, this is the kind of stuff you want to see. It's like, we're we're not just trying to look out for what, what would affect us, but like, we're, we need like a bunch of communities in this too. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, uh, how do I segue into another, <laughs> oh my God, it's such a heavy topic. Oh, but I sorry. Think, I, I mean, oh, no. it is, it, that's just, yeah. What, but, but I think that's, I, I think I, at least at the core of it too, is the arts have a lot to do with getting through and working with these heavy topics. Um, mm -hmm. 
showing through creativity and also the arts have always helped people connect to each other um, through difficult times, music, dance, painting. I mean, um, so I think it's, but the, the example you just gave is, is, a, is just one small, it's one facet of lots of different ways you can do so. So I'm glad I'm so I'm super grateful you gave that example and um, and that people are going to be able to to see this beautiful piece of art um, through your oh. your video. Yeah. But for the we are running out of time, so I wanted to go over the creativity questions that I ask oh, everyone, yes. if you don't oh. mind. Um, and I asked, what is creativity? And your answer is anything that you can imagine. So that's everything. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So. For you, do you feel like um, when you say anything, do you mean like every single topic has creativity within it or what do you mean by it? I think every single topic ever, ever invented. Because actually, I, I think if there's one takeaway from my eighth grade art class, mm -hmm. it's that everything is art and mm -hmm. like, like even science or even math even like the the this painting that I'm looking at in front of me from my second grade art class and it's it's just of a it's, it's trying to be a sunflower <laughs> but like who's this like I think there's just a like anything is art anything is uh from a creative outlet is just really if you see like the it's just the quality of it after after that like mm -hmm. there could be a really like well sketched out sunflower that you can see every seed or you can look at my second grade painting here where it really looks like kind of like a sun more than Aww. a sunflower <laughs> but like a sun with a green line down <laughs> Like, so it's like a sun on a green stick, but <laughs> then it's still a painting regardless. It's just like the quality of it after that. Like, mm -hmm. um, I think even someone who barely does much on the pole when they dance, it's still a pole dance. I mean, it's still like you're expressing some part of yourself Yeah, and it doesn't need to have like a whole bunch of 10 thousand tricks where you're flipping here and there for it to be qualified as a pole dance it already is a pole dance because you you put your creativity to it and it, you're dancing with a pole so right um, yeah I think anything is yeah every anything and everything is art and creativity and then what do you love about creativity and you said how it does not limit me yeah and do you, so is that, in what way do you feel like it doesn't limit you? Is there a specific manner? Like it, it doesn't limit me in that, like I've already, like with pole dancing, for example, I've already broken some bounds that I never thought I would do. Like I never thought I would even be able to climb to the very top. I thought it'd be like, I do, was able to do one climb. Yeah. And um, one climb means like you go one hand up and then pull yourself up once. I thought I was just 
I thought I'd be just limited to that. Um, but then now I'm able to climb to like the top of a 15 foot pole and just actually do that even gracefully and make it look easy. So wow. creativity, it, I, I had to kind of get creative with that though. Cause I was, if I just already limit myself within my bounds, then I probably wouldn't have taken my first pole dance class to even do my first climb. So yeah, it, it doesn't limit me because I'm like, oh, wow. Like I just imagine like, oh, wow. What if I could get to the top of that pole? And now, now yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Cause I think there is um, within a lot of creativity, like there's the imaginative part of course, and like the unlimitedness of the possibilities, but then, you know, as with anything and how you just described it, there is that practical um, down to earth, like, okay, I can see where I want to go. And I know like, I, you know, I may feel like I have some limitations, but let's try this out. And with the proper training and the proper consistency, you get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like with any, any type of art or sport or hobby. Yeah. It may take yeah. some work, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't mean that um, the possibilities you saw that they can still be available. You just, you got to put some work to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, I was curious to can I ask you the same question? Sure. Sure. About what? About I mean, what would you say creativity like how how has creativity made maybe let you be limitless mm. well so um I think limitless is like my goal it's now my goal with the little things in life it used to mm -hmm. be like I used to have like these big visions but now I, with the big visions you still have to take the small steps and you mm -hmm. still have to, and those small steps can trip you up. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They may not be as um, simple as you may thought, you may have thought they were. So I, um, if I come up with resistance within myself about a goal or about something I want to do, let's say it's, um, let's say it's painting, because that's a, that's a big thing I hear with people like, um, with at least the visual arts, they visualize something and then they start doing it and it's not coming out as they see in their head. Um, mm, yeah. And that's something you're just gonna have to work with and accept like it's not gonna, the dream image may not be exactly the same as the 3D image that, yeah. that yeah. happens. <laughs> Cause you're still yeah, human. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I thought the same thing for example, my latest routine, I thought it would be like 30% better than what it's out to be right now. And when I talk with my coaches, they're like, yeah, I'm mean, usually we have this vision. And then by the competition time, we, it comes out to 80 or 90% of their vision. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's fine. All right. <laughs> um, it's almost like the vision's like a North star. Like you keep, it's like your, it keeps you on track. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's much further than if you didn't do it at all, you're 80% or 90% way down to your vision than zero. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, what do you hate about creativity? 
and oh sorry you did answer it <laughs> you put how some things you can work so hard on does not come into 100 percent fruition which i think is mm-hmm. just what you <laughs> yeah it's like man like i'm i'm not where the the routine isn't where I envisioned. I, I mean, I look at sometimes where it fell short, like, oh, it's 10, 20% shorter. But then also, if you're going to look at it that way, you have to look at all in context too. It's 80, 90% further. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, for myself, maybe I'm a little harsh on that for um, me. But I mean, yeah, we, we should look at how far we've progressed too and how it's still super inspiring or influential to other people. Um, mm-hmm. They don't know your 100% vision. Right. <laughs> they, just see, they just see the 80 or 90 and think it's wonderful. <laughs> so. That's a great point. Um, but I love that you're talking about this because I'm hoping that it helps people like not cave into that initial resistance because it's always there. It's just, you just have to mm-hmm. keep going. <laughs> yeah. And actually even halfway through this routine, I was like, this is just a load of crap. Like I, I didn't like the routine. And so I, I like just threw it all away. And then I started from scrap again after halfway choreographing it. Mm-hmm. And so that was another thing that makes uh, creativity very interesting is like, it's not just like this linear progression in anything. <laughs> it's like this, you go on this loop-de-doo roundabout, seven steps forward, 13 steps back, yep. 15 steps sideways and up and down. <laughs> and then there's like, oh, there's that loop-de-doo on that roller coaster again. So keeps life interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I, I also love that you brought that up because that is, uh, yes, I just have to say yes all around for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is part of the creative process yeah uh, and where I, and then I asked where is your creativity and you said pole dancing also known as self-expression through body movement yeah and I think that's been apparent throughout this interview because you I mean you started off saying you know you started dancing when you were younger and then you kept up with it and you're still doing it so for you specifically it seems like body movement is has been in, an important way for you to express yourself Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I think is, uh, which I think is super interesting. Cause I think it seems like everybody has their own, has like at least one, one or maybe two ways that they really prefer expressing themselves. Yeah, I, I think so. Cause like, at least for me, the reason why I chose dance is cause like I, if I had, um, I could practice more on like painting or creative writing, but it's also like you're one degree more over from the spectator or the person receiving the art or message. I don't get to closer, closely interact with them. Yeah. Then now if it's like they're right in front of me or in the audience seats, then they'll see my face expression and I hear their exclaim or them compliment or say yes queen or whatever the heck or feel sad with me then it's just like more have a like a closer relationship 
to the person receiving my message. Yeah, I was just gonna say it sounds like a very a, a more intimate experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, than yeah, some other ways of expressing yourself. So or, I or, love or like that. Yeah, there are like the, the other forms of expression is also very intimate. Just I I feel like more closely connected in this form. Mm. Ah, and that's the important part, probably the connection that you feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because maybe maybe other writers like might feel more closely connected in creative writing or painters or maybe some other sport or art. Um, yeah, this one's just mine. And I'm so happy it is that and and that you came on today to explain what it is and what you go through and the barriers that you yourself push through to to create your art and. Um, I really enjoyed the discussion. I hope the audience does too. Was there yeah. any last thing that you wanted to say before we close out the, the session? Mm. What's your favorite creative outlet? Oh, mine is definitely, so I'll have to say painting and writing. I switched between, I kind of like, or um, I like, I kind of see the creative outlet as like um, tool, not tools, but I love the creative outlets because it's like whatever my mood is in, I can just choose one. Like sometimes mm -hmm. I do feel like I really need to move and dance, even though I'm not trained in it. Like that's the mm -hmm. only way that I can actually express my, what I need to express. Like it's not going to come out mm -hmm. through painting or writing. It has to come out through movement mm -hmm. or, yeah. So, but my, my, my go-to tends to be painting. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah I, I think that's good that we ha have like different types of outlets. Like for myself, if if I don't want to get out of bed that day and I'm I'm feeling way too sad to move, then I just start mm. writing. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right. It's there. Yeah. There's some there's usually something there. Yeah, because in that way I can just roll over, grab my phone that's one feet away from me and then just start typing away. Yep. <laughs> and then that that's that's my creative outlet and actually I think even podcasting would be that's, a form of a creative outlet too yeah so yeah I think you you've you've got all a bunch of forms up in there <laughs> <laughs> well thank you again and I will send people to your to your lovely video I can't wait to share that with people mm, thank you thank you so much for having me A big thank you to Ava for being a guest on this show. I really enjoyed all the information you gave about competitive pole dancing, about your own story, and I really like that you also told us about a little bit about the history of it, and that has inspired me to look more into the history because I think that is pretty fascinating about where it started, where it's going. And I, I really genuinely hope it does make it to the Olympics. That, I mean, it sounds like a viable sport slash art. Um, and also, please, again, if you haven't looked at her video, the link is in the description to this episode. You will be doing yourself a service uh, because it is gorgeous. All right. Now, until next time.
episode. I will talk to you later and I hope you enjoyed listening. Any comments or feedback, please email me at letcreativity at gmail.com and otherwise have a great day.